Many are getting weak. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Precious Father, we are grateful to you for your presence in the midst of us. The Bible says that wherever two, three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. And so, Father, we know we are gathered not unto ourselves, but we are gathered unto you. We pray, Spirit Divine, that let your will be done in this place. Let your glory be seen in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Somebody shout a big amen. Oh, is that a shout? Is that a shout a big amen? You see, you don't need to be a Christian who is a feel, feel Christian. Amen and amen. You need to be a Christian who functions by faith. So you don't need to get somebody to stimulate you before you are able to glorify God. I say give God a shout of an amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We give Jesus all the praise. We give Jesus all the glory. I want us to pray a simple prayer. Hallelujah. I can see the way you are glowing. Amen and amen. But he said, I was glad when they said unto me, what should, we, what should happen? Come on, talk to me. Let us go into the house. And this was the one that the Bible said was the apple of God's eye. The Bible tells us that there were, even in the flag of, uh, in the flag of Israel, uh, 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 a star is there that is named after him. And it's called the Star of David. In the book of Revelation, God speaks about this same man and he says that I will give you unto you the keys of David. So God had prioritized this man in the realm of the spirit that he had named keys after him. Listen to me. Until you get to certain dimensions in the spirit, you will always be a tenant. Are you understanding me? You will always be a tenant. In the realm of the spirit, there are levels. And so you need certain, you need to do certain things to be qualified for certain levels. At certain dimensions, you are always enjoying somebody else's grace. There's nothing that is original to you. There's nothing that is pure to you. Look, the Bible tells us about how when Lazarus died, Lazarus entered where into Abraham's was bosom. Was Abraham the first human being to be created? No, but then he qualified for a certain dimension, a certain level of spiritual uh, identification. So, what identity do you carry in the spirit? Are you understanding me? I, I'm, I'm showing you a mystery over here. There are dimensions in the spirit. When the sons of Keva went to cast out a demon from a demon-possessed man, where they said that in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, so you'd have known, you'd have thought that they were they were really believing in the name of Jesus, and they were using the name of Jesus. Jesus said, "In my name you cast out devils." Did you not see that? Where they're not using the name of Jesus. So how come the demon ended up beating them? 
And before the demon would uh, beat them up, he said that, what well, Jesus, I know. I would have thought that that was good enough because the Bible never says that uh, God, or God has given us Paul for our salvation. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. But he said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Paul, I know. Meaning now, Paul had a certain representation, a certain identity in the realm of the Spirit. You have an identity in the realm of the Spirit. You have an identity in the realm of the Spirit. Have you built up your capacity? And one of the ways is by prioritizing the kingdom and making the kingdom first and making the house of God first and drawing people to him. What the boss is, the woe is me. You know what woe means? You see, some of us, we don't get uh, uh, certain earthly breakthroughs and then we think that we are cursed. No, you are cursed when woe is me if I preach not the gospel. It is a woe is me if I don't get a car. It is a woe is me if I don't get an opportunity to go to the university. So woe is me if I preach not the gospel. What is your woe? Are we together? What is your woe? What is your woe? What, what do you, if it doesn't happen, you feel as though you are cursed. Some of us, we feel as though we are cursed when certain financial breakthroughs are not coming our way. So woe is me if I don't get that 5,000 Ghana cities. Woe is me if I don't get that job. Woe is me if I don't get that friend. Woe is me if that lady, that gentleman does not marry me. Woe is me. Woe is you. Glory to Jesus Christ. Woe is me if I don't get that promotion. And you see us that certain thing delaying and you see all of a sudden our mood changes. Our mood never changes. Why don't we invite anybody to church? These day people make statements that man cannot be trusted, evil friends, and then we'll go and we say it's true and then we'll go and post them. You are joking with your Christianity. No, you are not an ambassador for Christ. You are not an ambassador for Christ. You are an ambassador for evil emotions. Wife, peace, husband, you go and post it. Copy that's coming to the world, you go and post it. And you don't post the things that pertain to the heart of God. Oh, you, should, you should say, Woe is me. You should say, Woe is me. You should say, Woe is me. Listen, we have only one life to live, and one Christianity will not get another opportunity. When this opportunity is gone, it is gone for good. You will not get another chance. Priscilla, you will not get another chance. You will not get another opportunity to stand the way you are standing. You will not get another opportunity to come to, to join another Bacchamistation church in another world. This is the only opportunity that we have. Let us make it good. Let us do what? Make it good. Let us do what? Let us make it good. Let us make it good that God can trust us with his mission and with his vision. Will you lift up your right hand? Say, Father, make me trustworthy in the kingdom. Use me for kingdom advancement in these end times like never before. In the name of Jesus. Personally pray this prayer right now. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord now. 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 Bashum Radigadash. Nele 
Mandala baba 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 Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Somebody is a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer, but very powerful in meaning. Very powerful in it. Impact. Talk to the Lord. The Son of the Living God. Say, Father, I declare my heart is open and my mind is ready to receive with humility the Word of God that can change my life. That I'll be blessed by your Word. I'll be empowered by your Word. I'll be directed by your Word. And my life will never be the same again. Do you believe that? Then declare it one more time. My life will never be the same again. Say, I'll be upgraded. I'll be lifted. I'll be pushed. Position position for, your for your glory in the name of Jesus name Christ. Of Jesus. Say, Father, Father correct, me correct me today, reprove me today, instruct me today, build me today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Somebody shout a big amen. Give a clap offering to the Lord. Kindly take your seat in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we are grateful to you. Thank you for your presence in the midst of us one more time. Tonight we are here to hear from you. Anoint these lips of clay and let them minister as oracles, O God, unto your children. Let your word come forth in simplicity and in power. Let understanding be granted to the heart of everyone under the sound of my voice. And let your word have a deep and penetrative effect that will cause our lives never to be the same again. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Everybody shout a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Uh, this evening I want to share with us on something that is very, very important. And I'll be ministering to you along certain lines. And I want everybody to listen with rapt attention. If you have your Bible, I want you to pick your Bible. If you have your notebook, take your notebooks. Uh, as we study, try to follow what I am sharing with you. At the end of the day, when you come to the house of God, there should be a measure of knowledge that you have received. That, can, that is upgrading your knowledge of God. That is upgrading your knowledge of God. Uh, the past few weeks we have been speaking about the grace of God. Grace, the winning factor. And the main objective of that is to expose the subject of God's grace and how we can increase in grace. So in our last service on Sunday, I was talking to you that there are measures of grace. And I spoke about overflowing grace. I spoke about full, being full of grace. I spoke about getting more grace. I spoke about increasing in grace. Meaning grace can be measured. Amen and amen. So there are measures of grace. 
So the main purpose of that teaching is to instruct us on how we can increase in the level of grace. And if you remember, I shared with you that the more of grace that you have, the more of God that you have. Because it is grace is the only vehicle by which God can relate with sinful man. Grace is the only vehicle by which God can even relate with our flesh. Because if we are supposed to have fullness of fellowship with the Lord, our sinful body must be transformed. We must be transformed into that new body. There we'll have direct. That's why Paul said, then I will know as I will know as I am known. In other words, there will be the fullness of fellowship. There will be the fullness of fellowship. Other than that, it is impossible for God to have access to us. Except the incense, the smoke of grace comes in between and causes the mercy of God to speak. Then God can relate with us. So without grace, there is actually no relationship with God. Without the grace of God, there is no access that we can have to God and God to us. Because He is a holy God. He is a holy God. Yes, in the spirit we have received holiness. Yes, in the spirit we have received righteousness. That's why God comes to dwell in our spirit. The Bible says that he that is what joined to the Lord is what? One spirit with the Lord. But he never said that we are one flesh with the Lord. He never said we are one flesh with the Lord because God cannot indwell our flesh because the flesh is sinful except grace comes upon it. And when grace begins to abound, then the fullness of God also comes into expression. So there's nobody who can do well with God by works. There's no way. No, no, no. You go through the Bible. God even considers it a sin to receive help other than his help. That is how serious the matter of grace is. In fact, when you listen to the, you study the writings of Paul, he said that if anybody tells you anything other than this grace of God that we are preaching, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. He said anybody who tells you that you can do well in Christianity by works and by effort, let him be accursed. And in fact, when you study that scripture, it talks about a double curse. Anathema. A double curse upon the one who says that you don't need to depend on grace. It is a curse. So, understanding grace is so, so, so important. Understanding grace is so, so important. And so, that was the subject that we were considering. And uh, that subject flows into what I'm about to share with you. Did you know that there is a difference between knowing about God and knowing God? There is a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. One, the one of, one of them will fill you with a head of, a, will give you a head full of knowledge and a heart full of pride. Knowing about God will give you a lot of scriptures, a lot of things that you can quote and say, but it will give you head knowledge. Head knowledge and you end up being full of pride. You realize that a lot of people know a lot of scriptures end up becoming very proud. And then when they are talking, they, you can see they look down on others. I've, 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 had, I've had Bible, I've been in meetings where Bible teachers, they were, everybody was trying to prove their point and it was, you could see some level of, some air of arrogance. But you see, the Bible actually tells us that we should be ready to give the reason for our faith in all humility. So actually, in explaining our faith and explaining the word of God, and uh, 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 that's what we call apologetics, defending the Christian faith, it's not actually supposed to be with pride. You see some men of God or some of the brethren, when they are trying to, um, uh, trying to uh, debunk something that another person says, it's almost as though they are attacking that person. And so, at the end of the day, there's a lot of banter among Christians. Why? Because one was saying, I know the word of God more than the other person. And it shouldn't be that way. 
It shouldn't be that way. It's actually supposed to be with humility. God, I'm guilty of that as well, probably. Is it? God needs to God, God needs to work a work on us, and we need to be ready to change and to submit to the truth of God's word. Because this heaven, we are all going to get out. After we are fought on earth, when we meet in heaven, how will we look at our faces? <laughs> when our Kasavan, who YouTube, no, <laughs> and then we share next, <laughs> we are next door neighbor. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Yeah, when we get to heaven, we we'll remember the things that happened on earth. How many of you know that? Or remember the things that happen on earth. So if you are not living right, don't think that when you get to heaven, hey, you are forgetting. No. <laughs> you remember that we were playing a fool <laughs> whilst you are on earth and you'll be saying, Kai, I wish I had used the opportunity better. I wish I had used the opportunity better. You remember, uh, even in hell, even in hell, they remember what they did on earth. Remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man remembered what he was doing. He said, go and tell my brother, the way they are living, they are living just like me. They will end up in this place like me. So, let's not think that our consciousness will die with our physical bodies. No. Our consciousness lives forever. The soul of a man lives forever. The soul of a man lives forever. Two components of a man live forever. The spirit of the man and the soul of the man. They don't die. They don't die. So, we have an eternal soul. That is why our the punishment of our soul will be an eternal punishment. Similarly, the rewards that we get will also be for eternity. Amen and amen. So, it is important that we understand that, uh, that in, in, in sharing the word of God, it should be with a spirit of humility. Anyway, so, knowing about God, hearing about God, hearing things about God, and up giving a, a head full of knowledge and a heart full of pride. But then when we know God, when we really know God, that we, we become signs and wonders. God is able to make ordinary men into signs and wonders filled with a spirit of humility. Nobody ever gets to really know God and remains proud. No. The knowledge of God will beat the pride out of you. The highest level in the spirit in our journey with God is the level of humility. Rejoiner had a vision, and in the vision, God showed him about the end time church and showed him about the levels in the, and the dimensions in the kingdom of God. And when he spoke about the advancement of the church like an army, and as they were moving forward, there were different levels where they were receiving various, uh, various, um, uh, attacks and various crowns and various, uh, kinds of things that indicated their, their level. At a certain point, they were shining and radiating soul, and it was so bright that it was difficult to look Upon. But as they climb up the, the mountain, they go to a certain stage and they put a certain duck, which was actually they jumped, uh, climbed the mountain into a, almost at the top of the mountain. It was a place of a great achievement in the spirit. And at that point, they put a, a, a dim-looking cloak on them. A dim-looking cloak that covered them. So all their shine was under that cloak. And it was very surprised. It was like, God, what is this? And in fact, in the vision that he saw, there were certain vultures that the enemy had sent from the camp of darkness because there was an army going on in the, there was a war going on in the vision. And they were like vultures. And when they vomit on you, the soldiers begin to go down and they become wounded and they become very weak. And the Spirit of God showed him that it was the attack of the spirit of discouragement. So anytime you wake up and you are very discouraged about your Christianity, know that they are vomited on you. <laughs> Vomit some... I said what? Will you, do you want to continue in the vomit? Do you want a vulture vomit too? Eh? 
Not even parrot vomit or some nice bed. Vulture vomit. Amen and amen. So, what he realized was that for those who had the cloak, the dim looking cloak, they, when the vultures released their vomit, it's not able to touch them. And they continue soldiering on. They continue soldiering on. They continue soldiering on. But for those who had the armor very bright and shiny, they were the ones that the vomit was affecting. And the Spirit of God told him that it's the cloak of humility. It's the cloak of humility. It comes to those who have reached a certain level of maturity in the spirits. Hallelujah. So, growing in God is not to make you proud, but it's to make you more humble. It's to make you more humble. And I pray that God will stir in you the spirit of humility in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. So, this will bring me to the point uh, where I will say this, that the purpose of learning about the grace of God is to know God and to love God and to appreciate God. Why were we learning about the grace of God? It is not necessarily about getting miracles. Learning about the grace of God and how we can grow in the grace of God is to show us how God has so abundantly made himself available for us. The Bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us. That we might become what? His righteousness. So Jesus took our sin and he did not just become a sinner, he became the epitome of sin because humanity was the very description of sin. Anytime God wanted to describe sin, he said, look at them. That is sin walking. We are taking on the nature of sin. So we didn't just have sin as an accusation against us, but we are taking that nature. It was a sinful nature. And so with the very description, the Bible tells us that Jesus came to take on this nature. Now if the one who is righteous can become unrighteous or can become sin, then it means that the one who was a sinner and who was sin can also become righteous. If A is equal to B, then B is also equal to A. If A equals what B, and B, B is also equal to what A. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Yes, I know some of you, your school, the mass teacher died very early. Amen. Hallelujah. But it was, it is, it, it, it relates that way. Glory to Jesus Christ. So he did that for us. Now, anybody who understands the true nature of sin and the true definition of sin will appreciate this so badly. Because you know this is where I was going. And some act of grace, not that I deserve, came to speak for me. And now me too, I'm called a child of God. Look at what uh, uh, the, 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 the apostle said. He said, that, what manner of love is this? That we be called the sons of God. Or that we be called the children of God. It is something that is unheard of. That ordinary people cannot be described as children of God. What manner of love is this? What manner of love is this? The Bible says that if he, uh, he could give his only son for our sake, for our salvation, how much more will he with him, will, not, will he not with him give us freely all things? These are all expressions of his grace. Is there anybody who spends time, is it now knowing about it or having it in your head as scriptures now, doesn't produce anything in your heart. So you are, you fall in the category of those who know about God. Anybody who cannot relate with God on an emotional level doesn't know God. Knows about God. Knows about God. And this is the reason why many of us, the children of God, are not seeing the miracles that we see in the Bible. 
because we know about God, we can quote the scriptures, we can quote even the messages that we are hearing, but if we have no, it has not yet become a hard thing. The revelation has not gone inside. But David said that the entrance of his word gives what light and brings understanding to the simple. So it is not about the word, but about the entrance. The entrance of thy words giveth light. So he uses a singular, uh, a singular uh, conjugation of the word give. If it was a, 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 a plural, he would have said give. The entrance of your words give. So then he meant that the subject over there in that sentence was the words. But him using a singular uh, tra- conjugation of the word giveth. That's you know, in our modern day English, he says gives. Then it means that he was not talking about the words. He was talking about the entrance. The entrance. So it is the entrance. When the word gains entrance, that is when it begins to have impact on our lives. If the word does not gain entrance, it will be bouncing off your head as I'm speaking right now. No meaning is coming. You know if you have any points to write down. I've made a lot of points, but some of you have not even written anything. Likely the entrance is not coming. You never even realize that it was a point. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? Now, have I, have I prophesied over somebody's notebook right now? <laughs> he said, when is he going to give the points? One, I've given you about five points already. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, I mean, I said something like, you don't get embarrassed, but you now start praying. I remember I used to listen to uh, Pastor Chris, and I can finish 45 minutes, and I'm not reading anything. But the man has been speaking <laughs> wisdom. And I said, friend, the Lord, open my eyes, let me understand what he's saying. And then I, before I realized, I started picking points. Picking points. Picking points. Because he, when he's preaching, or he's sharing a word, it's as though it's in story form. So he might not come to number one, number two, number three. You see, because the insight is there so much, he relates everything as though he's having a discourse. He's having a discourse. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Yeah. So, <laughs> at this point, you can go ahead and pray. <laughs> Give the Lord a clap of free now. <laughs> All right, so for my reason of those who are waiting for points, number one, there's a difference between those who know about God and knowing, knowing God. And the first one, which is knowing about God, produces a head full of information and a heart full of pride. And then number two, uh, the, uh, under that sub point, another sub point, the order produces signs and wonders out of ordinary men filled with humility. Their hearts filled with humility. Praise God. And then I want to talk about the purpose of grace. Learning about grace is for us to know God, to love God, and to appreciate God. It's to lo- know, love, and appreciate God. Hear me. Now everybody look at me. I'm going to make a very, very important point. You can never know God without knowing grace. You can never know God until you have encountered grace and truth. Give me, let me give you the supporting scriptures. John chapter 1, the verse number 17. The Bible said that for the law was given by Moses. Who was the law given to? Who was, uh, for whom were, uh, who were the people the law was given to? Come on, talk to me. Israel. So it came through Moses. So that word given, God, thank you for the new King James. I was reading the King James. He said, by, the word by actually means through. So the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Did you realize the Bible said that, that the, even though the law was given to the children of Israel, they did not know God. 
They did not know the ways of God. They only knew the acts of God. So the law cannot give you a knowledge of God. It is only the grace of God that can give you the knowledge of God. And that, that is why Moses stood out as different. Because even though he delivered, oh Moses, he didn't do it at all. Even though he delivered the law to them, he encountered the grace of God. Moses had an encounter with God which revealed the grace of God and caused him to know God, not just his acts. Not just his acts. Psalms 103, the verse number 7. The verse number 7. The Bible says, He made known his ways. Did you see that? He made known his ways. I'm sharing with you on the subject today that I may know him. In bracket, the blessing of knowing the Lord. I'm just speaking that I may know him from Paul's uh, declaration in Psalm chapter three, uh, Philippians chapter 3, the verse number 10, which I hope we'll be able to reach before my time expires. The blessing of knowing the Lord, that I may know him. Oh, wow. An apostle of grace telling us that or making that statement. Somebody who has encountered the miraculous power of God, and yet he goes further and says that I may know him, meaning the whole purpose of his serving God, the whole purpose of his Christianity was toward that one singular objective, that I may know him, that I may know him. Now, let's go back to Moses and discover some truth over there. Ah, Psalm 103, the verse number 7. He said, He made known his ways, uh, unto, uh, he made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. And what were the ways of God? The following verses begin to tell us. And you see that the grace of God is over there. Verse number 8. This is what God showed Moses. That the Lord is merciful and gracious. It is his. Moses had this encounter. They saw God as a judge. Moses was the one who could testify that the law was merciful and gracious. Why? He had an encounter with that revelation of God. They saw God as somebody who is waiting for them to break the law and punish them. So to the average Jew, even though they know that God loves them, they fear God with a certain, a certain kind of fear, which causes them not to be able to get to, close to God. Do you know that a Jew cannot say Yahweh? A Jew, a proper Jew cannot say Yahweh. Why? They are afraid. The Bible says, I do not use the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So, if they are even going to write the name of the Lord in a book, they will use different letters. That is why even they develop Adonai. 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 So, they can say the Adonai in place of when they want to refer to God as a Yahweh. Are you understanding me? Glory to Jesus Christ. So, they had a certain fear of God. But see, Jesus came to show us that God is a father. And that is through what? Grace and truth. Through grace and truth. So, Moses encountered. Let me read up to the verse number 18 and see some beautiful things over there. He said that the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. The rest of the Israelites did not know this. They thought God was quick to anger. Slow to anger and what? Full of mercy. He said he will not always chide. In other words, he will not always rebuke. Neither will he keep his anger forever. Ah, to know that God will not keep his anger forever. My God. He said he has his children. So the Lord pities him that, them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Oh my God. He said that was why you shouldn't let the devil kill you just because you made a mistake. God knows your frame. He knows that you are dust. 
He knows that you can make mistakes. He knows that you are frail and weak, weak and subject to errors. Subject to errors. So he gives you a big room for you to work on yourself and for you to change. And so the Bible will tell us that where sin abounds, grace much more. Grace much more. Isn't God the loving Father? Somebody celebrate the Lord now. The day God killed sin in my eyes was the day he gave me a revelation. And he said that this is how I want you to treat sin. And from that time, I lost uh, being the sense of being judgmental towards anybody. Towards anybody. No matter what you have done, I, I, I cannot be judgmental because the Lord killed that thing in my heart. He showed me in, uh, in, in, in that encounter with him. He said, how did Jesus treat in those days, I was very judgmental. Everybody must be holy, just, and righteous. <laughs> and he showed me, he said, how did Jesus treat a woman with a, uh, who was brought to him for adultery? I said, he, he literally did not even look at her. When he came with a railing accusation, he didn't look at her. He kept writing on the floor as though it was something insignificant. As though it was something insignificant. I see in, our, in the church today, we glorify sin. Sin is the only thing that can separate you from God. Don't sin. And it, it becomes, no, nobody saying anybody should sin. But it is giving so much emphasis beyond the graciousness and the love of God. But Jesus didn't even give sin that kind of premium. Because he himself was the solution for sin. If the solution for sin is there, why should you worry about sin so much? Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Paul preached this so much that people thought he was giving people license to go and sin. And so you have preached the grace of God to the point where people think that you are giving people license. For instance, some of you right now, I'm speaking like, hey, then it's as though he's telling us that we can go and do the wrong thing. <laughs> and so you, you think that we have not preached the grace of God. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. But anybody who has encountered grace will not sin. Or will not sin intentionally. The Bible says that the grace of God, Titus 2.11, that bringeth salvation, has appeared unto all men. And the next verse, look at what it says. It said, teaching us that we denying the worldly lust, ungodliness, we should live soberly, righteously, and, ungod- and godly in this present world. So the grace of God teaches you to live righteously. Isn't that amazing? Can I tell you something? The more you accept the grace of God, the more righteously you live. Right believing produces right living. Right believing produces right living. It's not right living that will produce right living. You cannot live right, but when you can believe right, it will affect how you live. You live right when you believe right. Celebrate the Lord. Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, I'm making some very gentle points that this is the foundation of our faith and the foundation of the miraculous. The foundation of the miraculous. These things that I'm just sharing with you, if you allow them to sink into your spirit, your life will never ever be the same again. The glory of God will swoop into your life. Jesus will manifest himself to you. You will see living expressions and evidences of Jesus in every facet of your life. Right believing. That is why I've made my, I've decided that I'm going to master in the area of the message of faith. Because if I can teach us to believe right, we will live right. If we can believe right, we will live right. And we will experience all the right things that we are trusting God for. May God touch our hearts. 
May God give us revelation. Now let me finish the encounter that Moses had. He said, like a father here teaches his children. He said, know it, our frame, verse number 14. And remember that we are dust, verse 15, for us man, for us for man, his days are grass, as a flower of the field, so he's flourished. For the wind passed over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. It's telling how weak humanity is. How weak our flesh is. He said, but the mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. And his righteousness unto children, unto children's children. To such as keep his covenant. And to do that, remember his commandments to do them. And this was after most, uh, and this revelation. How did Moses come by this revelation? You go to Exodus chapter 33. When he told the Lord, the Lord, show me your glory. Let's take a quick read. Exodus 33, verse 13 to the verse number 19. said, now, this is Moses speaking. said, now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. So, you see how Moses discovered the ways of God. He said, show me now thy way. If I have discovered what? Grace. You have have told me that you have have found grace in your eyes. Then show me thy way. You cannot know the way of God until you have discovered the grace of God. That I may what? Know thee. I wish the scriptures are here. Some did not bring their Bibles. That I may know thee. That I may find grace in thy sight. Did you see it over there? He said, show me your way. He said, one. If I have found grace in your sight, and he, why will he mention that? Because he had discovered that he had, that he had discovered the grace of God. Why would God choose him? What was the reason why God chose Moses? It's just grace. So now, if I have found grace in your sight, then show me your way that I may know you. You cannot know God without encountering the grace of God. He said that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, God told him, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. I'll give thee rest. And the monster went fed. I said unto him, If thy presence go not with us, carry us no hands. Who have thy boldness to speak to God? Except a man who has discovered that God will not kill him. <laughs> you can, you see, he, he, you see, the reason why our prayers are weak is because we are afraid of God. Sometimes one who say something, say, My father slapped me when I said that. Then God, he will kill me. Are we together? Because we, 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 we see God as a scary figure, but He's a loving Father. As He's a loving Father. He knows our weaknesses. He knows that we don't even know how, know how to pray. <laughs> somebody celebrate the Lord. I said, somebody celebrate the Lord. I, I, am I hitting home with some points over here? Glory to Jesus Christ. Is mm. that if your prayers are... Ah, how can God tell you my prayers going with you and you still come back and as though you don't believe me? <laughs> I know you don't believe me. Let me give you two people, two examples in the Bible. The Bible tells us about, uh, uh, who was the father of, of, of John the Baptist? The priest called what? Zachariah, right? Wonderful. I was waiting for the one who told me Zacchaeus. Amen. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. When the Lord appeared to, the angel appeared to Zacchaeus, he never told him that you are found grace. Because the man was even doing something of the law. And so the moment he challenged, what happened? He became dumb. But did you realize that Mary also said, how shall these things be? How we are not the end here. More grace, more grace. Why? Because the introduction to her was that you have found grace. You are highly favored. You are endued with grace. <laughs> oh, glory to Jesus Christ. 
my God. I don't know whether you are getting me. So an encounter with the grace of God is an encounter that will bring you into the deep knowledge of God. And so that is, and all of this I'm sharing is just, in, I'm still trying to introduce the subject that I want to teach you today. This is the foundation of knowing God. If you want to know God, you need to know how gracious God is. How good He is. How kind He is. How He has pity upon His children. He loves us with passion. As, and He Himself tells us, as far as the East is from the West. So as, listen to me. We, are, we, have been, we, have been, we have been struggling with our relationship with God because we are too sin conscious. Our mistakes are flat, our weaknesses are flooded, our hearts and our minds. So we are more sin conscious than we are righteousness conscious. We see ourselves as nobodies. And we have been taught to go and listen to all the preachers on the radio. Me, I grew up with such teachings. And they tell us, you are nobody. You know, we are all like grass. We are nobody before the Lord. We are like a drop in there. And we don't mean anything. Stop it! I am a child of God. If I was the last person on this earth, Jesus would still come and die for me. You see, when I begin to, you begin to see yourself as valuable to God, you become bolder before the Lord. When you become bold with the Lord, you receive of His fullness. Of His fullness, I will receive grace for grace. Grace for grace. Are you seeing how all the scriptures are falling in place? May God give you insights. May God open our understanding into the Word of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Ah! Is that my presence to go with you and you are saying that if your presence doesn't go with <laughs> me the way uh, my, my I'm working on my patience. Someone like me, yes, I just I just do my thing. Go, 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 go. I've told you, I've given you my assurance, and you are not asking me again. Like see, God knows how weak we are. As for me, I'm not God. <laughs> I don't know how weak you are. I think you are too strong. So I'll be a bit impatient. But God is training me as well. So you to have patience on me. What do you mean? Every time you want me to have patience with you to have patience with me. <laughs> Give the Lord a clap offering here. Glory to Jesus. He said, Tarius no hands, for wherein shall it be known that dear that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. My God, this is so deep. Let me just jump it before I, I, I stops me from getting a little further. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. <laughs> you see, then we, where you thought he should have chided him and said, Ah, don't you believe me when I'm telling you? And I said, that what you have said, I'll do it. Listen, right believing produces right results from God. Answers to prayer comes to bold prayers. Bold prayers. Many of us, we are too docile as children of God. And our prayers are weak. We don't even believe that our answers are coming. Some of us, because we have done something wrong just before coming. So we No, but he will, he, you are his child. He wants to hear your voice. He said, present unto me the cows of your lips. He said, come unto him with words. The cows of your lips. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear you speak. He said, this which you have spoken, I will do. For you have found grace in my sight. And I know thee by name. He said, show me thy glory. And the Lord began to tell him what you do. Listen to me. The grace of God opens the door to knowing God. What then does it mean to know God? Let's take a quick read from the writings of the Apostle of Grace. 
The one who said that, that I may know him. That I may know him. I, I hope I've, I've been able to establish uh, the foundation of the grace of God being what will grant that access to knowing God. Do we believe that now? Do we believe that now? Very good. Now let's go on to know God. Let us go on to know God. Philippians chapter 3. From the verse number 1 to the verse number 10. I have about 10 minutes. I don't know whether I'll be able to finish this message. But this is so powerful. So finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, it's not grievous. For, but for you, it is safe. So he has been repeating certain things. Now he tells them, beware of dogs. And beware of the mutilation or the concision. Those are the people who keep saying that until you are, until you are circumcised, God has not accepted you. So be careful of them. You see, there are people trying to drive them back into the law. But God is saying that you have been saved by grace. You have been saved by grace. So there are people who keep saying that, no, no, if you don't do seven and eight things, God will not do anything for you. No, by saying that, be careful of the mutilation. The concision according to King James. For we are the circumcision. Hallelujah. Now it begins to identify who we are. We are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we have no confidence in the flesh. <laughs> our testimony, all our boasting is in Christ Jesus. It is not in anything that we have, that we are coming from a rich family, that we are coming from, we have, we have a very good grades in school. No! That, you see, whenever you are a Christian sins or does something wrong and now beats himself or beats herself too much, it, it's a sign that your confidence was in your flesh. It means that you have not come to the place of that depth of knowledge of Christ Jesus and who he is to you. We are the circumcision, but our circumcision, it's not the fleshly one. Where we are, we are, we are, they, they cut the tin. Oh. And when they don't cut it, they say there's something like a sack. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. It is a revelation. You need specials and I to understand. So don't force yourself. If you don't get it, forget about it. Let's continue. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Our confidence is nowhere in the flesh. You see the mistake what we make? The, the, the mistake most of us make. Our confidence has always been in the flesh. Ah, I've been fasting. I fast every day. I'm not a certain man of God. He said that for the past so, so, so many years, he has never eaten on Saturday before. He has never eaten on Saturday. And so that is his testimony. That's the reason for your power. Master, that's not the reason for your power. God is the grace of God. God is just anointing you because he loves you and he has said that he will use you. So can he can he use you? <laughs> you know, that's why sometimes you say that, ah, I thought uh, so for we using it uh, is the grace of God. Is the grace of God. Is the grace of God. Is the gift of God. I shared with you that the gifts of the Spirit they are actually products of grace. Charismata. So it's grace matters. So if I start prophesying right now, it's not because I'm more righteous than anybody. It's grace that is working. It's grace that's working. Glory to Jesus Christ. And you see, grace, you see, the nature of grace, sin cannot negate grace. Actually, when you put sin in grace, grace melts, dissolves sin. 
When you miss grace and sin, when you come and check, you see only grace. You see only grace. The answer to sin is grace. The answer to sin is not, is not, is not, is not stopping sin. <laughs> hey, uh, Pastor, today what are you saying? Today you are, you are trying to give me, I need fire, you are giving me more fire. No, I'm telling you that, you see, when you depend, stop. The reason why you are not able to stop is because you are trying to stop. But when you just throw yourself on Jesus, like Jesus, I want to know you more. I appreciate all that you have done for me. I tap into your strength. Before you realize, you have stopped. Before you realize, you have stopped. Whether masturbation, pornography, licentiousness, lying, anger problems, stealing. Yes, they are all in the church. Please, don't be there looking at me like I'm... <laughs> miracle money, miracle money. Oh, whoa. <laughs> amen and amen. There is miracle money, but we say, I don't know. I think, oh no, he's own baby. Let me leave the, yes, let me go to the house a bit. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I got to be at the house in miracle money. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. So listen to the apostle. He said, therefore, we are the circumcision worship God in the spirit. And I remember Jesus said, these are such that the Father is looking for those who worship him in spirit and what's in truth. So he said that we are those who worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus, having no confidence in the flesh. He said, though I might not also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. You see, now he began to speak as a fool. He began to speak as a fool. Why? Because he was trying to teach them something. That me that I'm saying this thing, it's not because I don't have a testimony. But if you want to talk about testimony, I have more testimonies than you. But I'm still the one telling you that we have no confidence in the flesh. Are you understanding me? Because he says that as among the Jews, I am a Jew. But I consider everything, listen to what he says. He said that, for we are the circumcision, yes, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man think that he has well, you know, the man, if you study the writings of Paul, he likes making arguments. He's, he'll be reading it as though he's fighting himself. He said, no, this is not good. He said, am I saying that you sin? No, the man is fighting himself. So he's making an argument here. So, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has any confidence in the flesh, I more so. I more so. Verse number five. Mm. Verse number five. Circumcised, now he begins to give his credentials. Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He said that I mean, I'm a pure Jew. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law as Pharisee. The, the Pharisees were the ones who were prim when he came to the things of the law. Concerning zeal, I'll show you what I was doing. I was even persecuting the church. Concerning the righteousness which is by the law. Blameless. <laughs> the man nitites. Nothing goes beyond everything. Even his shoelace, you cut 10% and give it to the Lord. I was traveling with him, so I know. <laughs> Concerning the righteousness which is in the law. Blameless. He's given us his credentials. Let's continue. 
Verse number seven. But what things So what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss. It means that all that I have just told you, I consider them nothing. Why? For Christ. For Christ. Let's continue. Verse number eight. Yes, indeed. I also count all of these all things lost for the excellence of what? The knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as a rubbish. <laughs> that means that your certificate is rubbish. That means that your righteousness, that you, dear, you, you wake up before everybody, and then you are the one who knows how to call on God more than everybody. He says that all of that is rubbish. That, that, that means that your blue shirt is rubbish. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't touch some things. Some things are sanctified. <laughs> yes, indeed. I can't all things are lost. Don't go there. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I count them as what rubbish that I may what gain Christ. I may gain Christ. I may gain Christ. You see, uh, the New King James uses rubbish. King James says dung. You know what dung is? Huh? Fecal matter. In other words, something that ends with me. <laughs> It is a holy and sanctified purpose. You cannot. <laughs> I count them, but them that I may win Christ. May you win Christ. I said, may you win Christ. You see, that it's also important too. Some people think that they are going to get good marriages because they are very pretty and they have all the cares. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Rubbish. Rubbish. Listen, you'll be there and the flat flat will marry and go. Because it's not about whether flat or on flat. You know, remember the other day I told you that marriage is not about beauty. When you don't understand, when you are not mature, you think marriage is about beauty. And when you grow, marriage is not about beauty. Real marriage is not about beauty. It's not about beauty. Give a clap of to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let me quickly round up. I think my time is already about a minute beyond. Let me, let me finish this quickly. I, I can't finish the whole message, but I'll end at the point. Said that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Jesus Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Listen, the verse number 10 is so important to me. That's why I want to end today. said that I may know him. That is where our message title comes from. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. That I may know him. Let me read that same scripture from the Amplified Version of the Holy Bible. It said, for my determined purpose. My determined purpose is that I may know him. That and in brackets that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing. Look at that. 
He wanted an intimate acquaintance. And through that perceiving and recognizing and understanding the oneness of his person more strongly and more clearly, that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. Listen to me. You, when you get to know God, that word know the Lord over there is from the Greek word genosko. Genosko is talking about a place of intimate knowledge. In fact, as I was doing my study, I realized that it was an idiom that the Greeks used for sexual knowledge. Genosko is talking about intimate knowledge. It's not just talking about knowing about. It's talking about a place where you come into a place of oneness, inseparability. That is how knowing God causes you to become a sign and a wonder. Knowing God brings you to a certain place of intimacy, a certain place of oneness, where His light flows out of Him and enters into you. Oh, glory to God. No wonder He says that He is the bridegroom, we are the bride. Did you realize that when the bridegroom and the bride meet, something comes out of the bridegroom and goes into the bride? It comes when, only when they have intimacy. That's the life that flows huh, out of his eternal life-giving self. And until we come to that place of intimacy, until we come to that place where we know God, we cannot experience the power of Christianity. We cannot experience the glory of Christianity. Look through the Bible. All those who became signs and wonders, they had an intimate knowledge of God. Look at Moses. He spent 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of God. He came back. His face was radiating. Why? He had had encounters with God. The man who God put in the cliffs of a rock and let his, all of his glory pass before him. That's intimate knowledge. God himself said, I don't talk to Moses like I talk to any other prophet. For Moses, I talk to him face to face like a man talking to his friend. That is talking about a place of intimacy. How intimate are you with God? How close are you to God? How inseparable are you to God? Oh, all you know about God is God, give me this, give me this, give me this. Is that all God is to you? He's just somebody who answers your needs. How intimate are you with him? How intimate are you with him? Even in natural relationships, when it becomes as though the relationship is just about give me, give me, give me, give me. Hey, Christy, 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 you know how I love you. Christy, my microwave for some days now. Oh, because Christy loves you. Say, so, okay, don't worry, it's done. And then the next time, a week after, hey, Christy, my love. Christy, my love. Do you know, you know something that happened this morning? When the hair dryer, I was using the hair dryer to straighten, to, to, to dry my hair. <laughs> amen and amen. <laughs> to dry my hair. All of a sudden, I heard a noise. <laughs> I called the repairer. I said, it, it, it's, it's serious. Tonight. I don't know what's happening in Ghana. It costs 5,000 cities just to repair. Can you imagine? And then Christy says, it's done. Because we see we are like that. Yes, ah. <laughs> about? Come and meet me and see. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. But when it keeps continuing that way, guess my point. Question gets uh, ah. It's as though every time it's always about what you want to take from me. What you want to take from me. And that's why sometimes some relationships even begin to die. Because it's only one sided. One person keeps giving, 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 giving. So I, I listened to a certain uh, audio, or a certain clip, and the man was talking, he said that people say marriage is difficult. He said, no, marriage is not difficult. Marriage, it becomes difficult when only one person is working. But when both are working, when both are working, it becomes very easy. Look, the relationship with God shouldn't be just be what we can get from God. Get to the place of intimacy. Do you know God? Do you know the heart of God? Can God speak to you? Can God speak to you through silence? 
Can God speak to you through the wind? Can God speak to you through the ruffling of the leaves? Can God speak to you through situations that you are going through? Can God speak to you? How close, how intimate are you with the Lord? He said, this is my predetermined purpose. That I may have that intimate acquaintance with him. Not just to know about God. Not just to boast that I had an encounter with God. But that I may have an intimate, intimate acquaintance. Is God truly your friend? Is God truly your father? Or God is just somebody who you go to when you have problems? That I may know him. That I may know him. Listen to me. People who have known the Lord. God causes them to become signs and wonders to their generation. I heard a story about Idahusa. This man was very intimate with the Lord. When you are intimate with the Lord, you gain authority on the earth. Power is given to you. This man one day told one of his sons, who is our current Archbishop Dancer Williams, that he should come to Ghana and government, uh, I think either a, a TV station manager or a president or so. And he said that he should ask, allow him to have airtime on the TV station. He came and said, who is Idahosa? He said, tell him Idahosa said that. He said, who is Idahosa? He came back and said, Papa, the man said, who is Idahosa? He said, ah, then he's dead. He's dead. Two weeks, the man was dead. Was dead. When even in his own city, he said that he's going to be the first pastor to go on, on TV. He went to sit with the manager or his manageress, one of them, and said, ah, I want to come on TV. He said, ah, no, we don't do gospels. We don't do Christian things. He said, ah. Then I fight, you are fired. Two weeks later, something happened. The person was fired. And the new manager came. He came. He came and said, yes, I want a slot. He said, ah, this was your one predecessor did, and I fired him. Papa, how, how, how much time do you want? How much time do you want? Why? Authority. Listen to me. You must get to the place where you become fearsome before ordinary men. But that doesn't come by just mere casual relationship with God. It comes with intimacy. Intimacy. The adepts of God will never be able to know if we are casual with our relationship with God. Casual Christianity is never powerful Christianity. True power in our walk of faith comes from intimacy. How close are you to God? Today, that is, uh, I'm just introducing the subject to you. That I may know him, the blessing of knowing the Lord. Glory to Jesus. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezaokonipa.com or call 0546 God bless you.